Hello and welcome back to an episode of Having a Yak. I think this is episode number six. Uh, it's been three weeks. It's been three weeks. Yeah, we've uh, had some upheaval. Yeah, <laughs> we were both traveling and stuff, so a uh, bit of a break, but we're back with Having a Yak. And uh, all new questions from you guys. If you don't know, this is our uh, bi-weekly series where we, uh, you guys submit questions in the comment section. And I ask those questions to Brent. Most are life and relationship related. Some are stories of embarrassing moments. And luckily those stories have, have uh, we've already covered those and there won't be any more in the future because we've basically said every embarrassing thing about uh, ourselves possible. So The remainder of my life is very uninteresting. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So I have roughly between... 14 and 17 questions, something around there. Mm -hmm. uh, these were all submitted by you guys at home a couple of weeks ago. And there are some really, really good questions in here. Some, oh. que some questions that uh, are really going to make you think. Wow. So there's there's less questions than normal because of that, because of some of these questions. So Fewer questions than normal. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one. Number one. If Neil was drafted by another NHL team other than the Montreal Canadiens, would you support that team over Montreal? Totally. Even Boston? Yes. Really? Well, if... Uh, I wouldn't want you to support Boston if I played Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Blood is thicker than water. So, yes, I would, for the time that you were on a particular team, I would be 100% mm -hmm. behind that team. Because I'd want you to succeed. What if I stayed with that team for <clears throat> my entire career? Like That's fine. 18 years and then I left the team, say it was the Detroit Red Wings. Would you be a Red Wings fan for the rest of your life? After you left? Mm. After I retired. After you retired? Um, I, I don't see it happening that way. Oh, you go back to the Canadians. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Unless you were still involved with the organization in some way. By then they hired you as a head coach or director of player development or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, no, I just I look at Jerry Price and Carey Price. Um, I think Jerry was drafted by, I think he was drafted by Pittsburgh I was in the say late 70s. Yeah. Yeah. And he may or may not have been a fan of Pittsburgh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But when Carey became a member of the Montreal Canadiens, I'm sure whatever Jerry cheered for before right. was replaced with Kerry's team. And I think Sidney Crosby and his father are perfect examples of that. I was just about to bring that up, yeah. Sidney Crosby's favorite team growing up was the Montreal Canadiens, mm -hmm. and his dad was drafted, I think, by Montreal, wasn't he? I th maybe, maybe. Something like that. Something like that. And they actually attended the 1993 Stanley Cup final winning game against yeah. L.A. They were in the arena. Yeah. Uh, for that 20, 25 year ago That's amazing. Cup Awards. Sidney Crosby's in the stands as like a six-year-old kid or Incredible. something. Incredible. Yeah, really something. Uh, I'm surprised by your answer, but uh, oh, okay. at least you're honest. Uh, second question. Do you have any uh, sneaking out of the house stories? <laughs> I don't think I do, but let me think. Okay. Let me think. I don't actually. I was a very good kid. Yeah. So I actually don't have any sneaking out of the house stories. I'm just looking. Every bedroom I had was on the second floor of every house I lived in. So there was certainly no going out the window stories. Mm. Sneaking out of the house? I don't think so. I had really good, cool parents, and I was never uh, held down a whole lot. 
and I could come and go as I pleased as long as I told them where I was going mm -hmm. and maybe got a drive from one of them to or from that place I was going. Let's say it was a house party at somebody's place. And I don't think I ever snuck out or had to sneak back in uh, whenever I was coming or going. How about you? Same thing. I've oh, okay. Good. That's the right answer. <laughs> you guys let me go wherever I wanted for the most part. Uh -huh. And uh, I never had a reason to sneak out or do anything. I was a good kid. So, uh, mm -hmm. and I, if I did, I would admit it because I'm a lot older now and I don't care what you think, but... <laughs> I'm being honest, I've never snuck out of the house, so. Yeah, I don't. I, We're pretty, I'm pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really the real reason for me. Yeah. Third question, what is the worst dream you've ever had? The dream that scared me the most, and I don't know how old I would have been, probably five, seven, eight years old, something like that. It was a dream about nothing. And, and that makes no sense. No, it doesn't. But I was in basically a black void mm -hmm. and as far as I could see or hear in every direction, it was just black. There was nothing in the dream and I felt so alone and isolated. It was almost traumatic when I woke up and realized that I wasn't there anymore. I was so happy, but yeah. it was a, a vivid dream that still sits in my mind today. It, it was a dream of absolute vacuum of a void. Weird. Yeah. And it was very strange. It's almost like being just floating in space, but no stars, no nothing, just total utter blackness. Hmm. And, uh, I never had it after that, thank goodness, but it was a very creepy that is, that is strange. Isolated and alone. It was like, I've had the odd dream about, you know, being chased by something and you're running, trying to run really fast and you're not getting anywhere. Yeah, I think I everyone has those dreams and I hate them. But uh, even when they're happening, some part of me knew it was a dream. So I know it's not really going to get me or beat right. me or whatever. But this, this one here, it was, it was real and it was very scary. Interesting. Hmm. Have you ever experienced sleep paralysis? I don't believe I have. It is absolutely terrifying. It is the worst thing ever. You have? Yeah, twice. Now, so explain to me what, what it was and what, how it felt. What was it? It's like you, your mind wakes up, but your body doesn't. Oh. And you can't move your body. So you're awake consciously, but you can't move your body at all. It is like being paralyzed. It is the most frightening feeling I've probably ever felt in my life, which isn't a dream and doesn't really count for this question, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was terrifying. It happened once in 2005 and then again, just a couple of years ago. So uh, how long does it last before you um, can actually start moving? Not long, like a couple minutes, maybe. Minutes? That's, that, that's agony. It, you're also like, you're kind of half asleep at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you're... Like you, a part of you think, thinks it's a dream, but the other part knows it's not a dream and you, you're trying to move and you can't move. And then when you finally do wake up, it's, it's a very strange feeling. Hmm. Like it's, it's very strange. And I'm sure someone out there has experienced that as well. It's not totally uncommon, but. Yeah. I'm glad to say I, I haven't had that. Mm. Um, I know of a friend of mine, I won't identify him here, but you know who he is or, or you will know when I tell you later, you've met him. He found, uh, 
he was at a point in his life where he didn't uh, think he would be having any more kids, so he went to get the uh, vasectomy procedure done. Ah, snip, snip. And this was out in British Columbia, and the doctor that he chose, he had had a previous... Um, <laughs> Neil hasn't eaten yet today. Yeah, if you heard I that, hear my stomach. If you heard that monster chasing him, that's, uh, <laughs> that's what that was. But the doctor that he chose had previously done a member of the British Columbia Lions football team, and I think he was a linebacker, some great big guy. And the doctor up to that point had always used a local anesthetic. So you just got freezing in that area, just like you'd get freezing at a dentist. So it's, there's a certain area that's frozen, but the rest is fine. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, when he uh, had done this procedure on the football player, he had put the freezing in, but apparently not good enough. And the football player almost tore the place apart when, uh, when the pain hit, when he was in, his, in the process of uh, doing what he was doing. Dang. So from that moment on, the doctor made his mind up that he would never, ever use a local anesthetic anymore on uh, a vasectomy patient. So when my buddy goes in to get his done, uh, the doctor says, we're going to give you what's called an epidural, which is where they put a needle in the middle of your back. Right. And basically the anesthetic goes in there. And everything in your body below the level of the needle is dead and everything above is fine. When he put this needle in my friend's back and his legs went numb, he panicked. He had that probably same thing you had, this paralysis. And even though he consciously knew that this was only a temporary condition, yeah. uh, somehow in his subconscious, he couldn't override that panic. And his heart went up to like 200 beats per minute. Whoa. He started to pass out. They had to restabilize him with medication and stuff and get him back to normal heart rhythm. Damn. And he said to me uh, several times afterwards, he said, I know now what it feels like to be paralyzed. And the feeling is worse than any other feeling I think I could ever have. And I would never, ever want to be in mm. that condition ever. And I would rather not be alive if Whoa. I had to live like that. And I thought that was shocking because I, I know people and we all have heard of people who are extremely successful. They're, they're yeah. paraplegic, let's say. And they're in wheelchairs, they're playing sledge hockey, they're, they're running companies, they're doing all kinds of things and have a great, not a great, but they have a, a very acceptable quality of life and they're able to contribute to society. But my buddy, maybe he would have a different view if it mm. really happened forever to him, but uh, the feeling that he had that he couldn't move his legs, he's a very active person, it just... Destroyed it just, him. Yeah, it wow. did. It really did, so... Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, f next question. What is your favorite kind of science and why? Ooh. There's, there's a lot of good answers here. There's a lot of good answers. Um, generally physics, but more specifically, probably astrophysics. And I know like not a lot about it. Rocket science? Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, I, I'm fascinated with space exploration and all that entails. There's just so many variables in oh, yeah. like escape velocity. There, gravity, mm -hmm. wind, weather, everything. Mm -hmm. Like it's, there's so many factors that you have to calculate into making something happen. That's why they cancel so many missions yeah. uh, because of just weather alone. It and has to be perfect. Yeah. There are so many things that can go wrong. So many little valves that supply the fuel to a rocket motor. Mm -hmm. If even one thing doesn't work just right, the whole thing can go. And we've seen, I mean, it's, it's, pretty spectacular when a whole tube of hydrazine goes up, uh, 
and a rocket maybe gets maybe 500 feet above the ground and then it loses its thrust and starts yeah. to come back down fully fueled and ready to go. And when it finally hits the concussion and the explosion is absolutely spectacular. Mm. Yeah, and they they even have uh, like a self-destruct mode mm -hmm. on them. Oh, yeah. Because if they get up so high, there's a potential it could fall in certain areas, so they blow it up in the air if they need to. They've done that in the past. I think mm -hmm. it was, wasn't that an atlas that they did that to? Or? Oh, they've done it many times. Yeah. And that's just one branch of science. I, I think th there's probably not a branch of science where I've heard a story and not been interested, whether it's biology, chemistry, uh, geology, all those ologies. All the ologies, uh, yeah. All the ologies are fantastic. Yeah. Just very interesting. I, I'm not particularly good at science. Uh, my math was okay, but... I could do the calculations and get all the right answers, but I didn't really know what I was doing. That was mm -hmm. my problem with math. <clears throat> I didn't see the value of doing it in real life. I hate math. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that was my thoughts on math in yeah. high school. I, I'm never going to be doing this. I'm never going to be doing algebra or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. I would specifically not, going to, not go into a job because I didn't want to do that stuff. So why am I doing it here? I like and basic math, like the regular... Uh, <laughs> like crib, crib math? That's the math I like. 15, 2, 15, 4. Yeah. But I have a great understanding of math when it comes to things like estimating quantities, uh, doing conversions of things from one to the other. When you are when you fly, when you're a pilot, you need to have some pretty good grounding in math because you're always converting gallons to liters and mm -hmm. Celsius to Fahrenheit and wind speed direction and doing vectors and all that. So there's some trigonometry in it, but most of the work is done for you using calculators. You don't right. have to think it exactly. too hard. And I understand the importance of all of that. And so it makes sense to me that there's a value in that kind of math. Mm -hmm. And I can see the result at the other end. Just even doing what's called a weight and balance calculation. Whenever you fly, by law, you have to calculate the weight of everything in the airplane and its location in the airplane, reference the, the either the center of gravity or the datum point, and everything is based on the datum. And you can tell just by adding up all these things whether the plane is safe to fly or not, whether it's nose heavy or tail heavy or too heavy. Mm. If you have four people in the plane that only seats four people, chances are you're not going to be able to have a fuel, a full tank of fuel. Exactly. So Exactly. And you have to know when it's too much fuel, mm. when you have to tell one of the people that uh, they'll yeah. have to fly next time. Exactly. And you don't want to do that. So, in fact, all the partners in the uh, airplane that I own for many years would only fuel the plane basically two-thirds of the way mm. full because maybe the next guy exactly. flying would want to take more people. Next. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, next question. Hmm. Would you ever consider visiting uh, Des Moines? I think it's Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> yeah, Iowa, yeah. Uh, and what does it mean in French? Oh, man. <laughs> well, I would consider visiting Des Moines. I have considered visiting Des Moines, and I have visited Des Moines. Oh, snap. I've been to Des Moines. Um, it's a very quick trip. We had spent the night in Davenport, uh, Iowa, or Moline, Illinois, just across the river, across the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And then we drove into Iowa uh, towards, not just south of Cedar Rapids, into Des Moines, and then north into Albert Lee, Minnesota, and on our way up to uh, Duluth and north of there. So I was in Des Moines for 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't remember much about the trip. It was 1984. Well, you were there. That's all that matters. I was there. And I would love to go back. I'm, I just remember how flat it all was there. Mm 
Um, now, what does it mean in French? Kind of put you on the spot here. I am on the spot. Day, uh, D-E-S, yeah. is the right. plural. So it's the plural of something. M-O-I-N-E-S, I honestly don't know. Um, M-O-I-N-S, without the E, would be less. Moins. Deux moins un means un, like two minus one is one. So moins is like minus. But I'm sure that's not what it means. Yeah, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So. Let's call this place the less. <laughs> the less, the minus. So it's certainly not that. Um, so I don't know what, what moins actually means. Interesting. I apologize. An easy thing to, to find on the Googler, but uh, off the top of the head, not so easy. No. Next question. If you could visit one sports stadium, racetrack, arena, ballpark, etc., what would it be? Or which one would it be? Wow. Good question. Is it ever? Hard, hard to think about. This is one of the ones you kind of have to think about. I'd have to make a short list first. And the short list would have to include Old Trafford in Manchester, mm -hmm. where the United plays. It would have to include... You'd almost have to split it by sport. Almost. Like pick one from every single mm -hmm. thing. Like the NBA, I couldn't pick one. They're all played in yeah. NHL arenas, basically. Yeah, they are. So NHL arenas with uh, things rearranged. I'd a probably, bit. probably choose the Stable Center because well, the Lakers are a pretty mm -hmm. well-known team, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of celebrities might be there and stuff, so I'd probably choose. Yeah, I'd probably pick New York for Madison Square Garden for the Knicks. Mm -hmm. I, you know, if it was basketball, that's probably where I would okay. have to go. Like what about hockey? Hockey? There's so many good ones that we haven't been to before. So Mad many. Madison Square Garden. The the Edmonton, the new Rex, is it Rexall they call it? No. Come on. Rexall's the old one. Okay. What's the, what's the new one called? Come Rogers. On. Rogers. Place or <sighs> arena or center I can't or follow. whatever. I can't follow this. I'd like to go there because I've seen it mm -hmm. from the outside. It looks beautiful. And I was never in the Northlands Coliseum, which was what I know the old rink by. Right. And then it got a few name changes, but <coughs> I think I, that would be interesting. Obviously, Vegas, you'll be able to tell me whether Vegas is worth my trip or not here in a couple of days. T-Mobile would be probably my answer, my number one, yeah. and I'm going to be there in literally basically two days, three days. That's crazy. Oh. That's crazy. Uh, so hockey, I guess it would be there or, or Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Uh, or MSG. But if I'm already at Madison Square Garden for basketball, it's true. I can skip it on the hockey side, right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, auto racing. I've been to the Daytona track. Yeah. I've been around the Daytona track. Unfortunately, not at 200 miles an hour, but mm. still a pretty cool trip. I've watched a race. We've all watched a race from the Daytona track. It's, it's not the best place to watch racing from because it's two and a half miles long. And when they're on the back stretch yeah. and you're along the front stretch, you have great difficulty seeing what's happening back there. I remember in 2004 when we visited and we went uh, in the middle of the track, we got the tour or whatever, and they were racing bikes uh, that day. Do you remember oh, yeah. that? No, you I do not. You don't remember that? I, I wasn't there in 2004. You were, but I, maybe I wasn't. I definitely wasn't there in 2004. You weren't there in 2004. I don't believe so. Are you sure about that? I was there in 1994. Well, I remember going there at some, at some point and there was bike racing stuff. We were at Daytona in 2004. Were we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Damn right we were. <laughs> but I thought the t the only time we took a tour. Mm, I have to go back and check the pictures. Yeah. Anyway. 
Because I remember having the video camera with me in the vehicle. It was that big old VHS camera. It yeah. was 1994. Yeah, yeah. It was the same time we stopped in Washington on the way down and stopped in Virginia Beach on the way home. Right. So I remember that because we got a tour of the track right. in a van mm-hmm. and even went up in the banking for a minute. Yeah. Not I'm, even a minute. I remember that too, but we were yeah. in there when they were racing bikes. I promise you. That's so the, that's a, a different trip? 2004. But were you in, were you inside... Daytona twice or once? Twice. When okay, I was, a, when twice. I was a kid, when you're talking about the okay. video camera. So, so there's another time. Yeah, 2004. Uh, okay. I, I don't. How do you not remember that? It was with uh, Lori, Ricky, and all them. I. I'm gonna have to get some pictures out and show you. I remember being at Daytona. It was Bike Week. Another time. Yes, I remember it being Bike Week. There were motorcycles all over the place. Mm. But I don't remember going in to the track that time. But Aaron. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, okay. Well, what about football? Football, I think Lambeau Field. I guess I could probably could have guessed that for you. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, like Wisconsin, I like the Packers. So being in there, especially in a really cold day, would be quite awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it would be the Vikings Stadium. I don't remember the name of it. It mm-hmm. just looks cool. So, For auto racing generally, just to circle back. Oh, sorry. Um, having done the Daytona thing and probably, I'd like obviously love to see another race at Daytona because I like the Daytona Talladega Super mm-hmm. Speedway tracks both of them i think for watching the race and enjoying the race would be a place like bristol or martinsville yeah small small and where you've got visibility in the whole track i think bristol would be maybe my favorite yeah that'd be cool yeah so um and we went to what sport now uh we have baseball left baseball i just love that park in houston yeah 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 because you can see the city yeah, and, the windows. And they got that windows at the far end. The train goes back and yep. forth and all that. I think that would be my favorite place from all the ones I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. I would have said Rogers Center, but I was there last, last year, so mm-hmm. and it was Im- incredible. It was amazing. Um, yeah, I've been to a couple of games there. Uh, the first of those games, I think it was still called the Sky Dome at the time. Right. A lot of people still do to call it the Sky Dome. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I accidentally called it the Sky Dome in Toronto ooh, ooh. while I was there. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Oops. Anyway. Um, I think we've covered all the sports. Golf doesn't count. <laughs> well, I, I don't know that it wouldn't. I think I'd have to, I'd want to go to Augusta National where they play the Masters and be probably around the 12th, 12th hole. Ain't nobody got time for golf. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next question. All right. The, who is the most inspirational person in your life? At present? In my life, like in a present tense. Mm, sure. Wow. Present tense. I will have to think. Give, give me a moment. Mm. Do you have one already identified? If you talk for a mm. while, I might come up with one. I don't know. I, there's some YouTubers that I really draw inspiration from as far as work ethic. Mm-hmm. Like some people will know who Fun for Louis is. Some people don't like Fun for Louis. You don't, you're, you don't dislike him, but you don't like him. I don't dislike him. I just, I find that Fun for Louis is always just the positive, the positive. He's always going to great places and having a wonderful time. And, and I like all that. That's not true. I don't see Louis in his regular environment. Maybe uh, I haven't watched for a while, but. He goes to places and does a lot of important things. Like he, he went to, uh, like some pretty rundown places in the world to, to help, help them start communication and stuff about certain topics. And he went to Africa to help build some stuff and. And help out there. He does a lot of important things that way. Mm. He doesn't always just go to the nice places and, and stuff. He shows a lot of terrible things. Okay. And I don't I don't think they have to show terrible things no, to be interesting. But 
It just it seems that his life, his own life, is always just wonderful. Even if he's in places where other people are struggling, he's always upbeat. And uh, maybe it's all real, and I'm sure it is. But um, sometimes, like I know you you and I don't see Casey Neistat the same way. You're, you're not as much of a fan of Casey as I am. I, I was, still am. I was when he first started making videos. Yes. I, su- I have subscribed to him at like 360,000. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when he just started vlogging around there. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. He wasn't egotistical or rude to people uh it wasn't cocky just he was all about just making videos and and telling stories and stuff and now it's all about i kind of get the look at me look who i know uh and people i've heard from people that that have interacted with him that he's a kind of a jerk so and i'm sad to hear that i i still when when casey's having a bad day he's not afraid to still vlog on a bad day right and i think that's maybe the difference Mm -hmm between him and Louie or someone like Eric Conover, who you may not watch, but nope. uh, he's, some of these uh, vloggers, YouTubers I watch, mainly I started watching because they were in New York. Right. And it wasn't so much about them, it was about the location mm-hmm. and the places they went, or I'm apartment hunting in New York, even Sarah Dietschy, you know, I don't watch any of her things now, but when she moved to New York and was apartment hunting and all of that, I watched more of her videos, but her audio... Uh, production was non-existent. It was just absolutely terrible. And it was, again, the same th- knock I think I have even more so on her. It's always life is wonderful and here's all the fantastic people I'm meeting and here's the cool things I'm doing and I'm always traveling. Um, just too much of that. I couldn't take it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't take it. I don't mean to be critical, but can you stop rubbing your hands together? I can hear it and it's distracting for the audio listeners. <laughs> uh, okay. I just need to be the production director here. That's fine. I'll... Uh, do what I can to stop. Uh, um, but now we've focused mainly on YouTubers and insp- you've asked me about inspirational people and they could be almost anybody. I just like, I just like fun for Louis's work ethic. And the same could be said about Casey Neistat as well. I appreciate his work ethic. You know, no one works harder than mm-hmm. him. Um, but I just like fun for Louis do, does all this traveling and then he stays up late and edits vlogs. He hasn't yeah. missed a day in forever. Uh, I just appreciate a, a good hard work ethic. I, I did enjoy Fun for Louis most of his uh, round-the-world trip in the airplane. Mm-hmm. But for me, again, it was about the setting. It was about being in the airplane. True. Being in the Cessna 210 and uh, the places he was going to. But at times he would be doing a layover in Greece or something for five or six days due to weather or mechanical issue. And he spends all these days talking to people about their social issues. And I, I have other places I could go for that. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't consider Fun for Louie a credible source of, of information there, except for one time. I don't know if you saw the series when he went to North Korea. Yeah. I loved that. And a lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't. I did because, of course, I'm watching it from the perspective of somebody who knows how controlled Mm -hmm. everybody is in there. But I do think he cracked a few stereotypes among the North Koreans as much as maybe a few North Korean stereotypes were cracked as well. I think you're right. I think it was really well done. It was was important that those videos were made regardless of how you feel about them Mm -hmm. uh, because it's obviously a sensitive topic and he was, he had the the balls to do it. Uh, So good on him and and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And teaching kids to surf and that kind of thing or skateboard. And that uh, main tour guide, the lady that they had, right. 
you could see her personality coming out oh, by time. the end of the ser- of that series very, very well. Mm. Like there was a real fun person in there. She's a beautiful gal. And you could see her coming out of her shell and stepping out of her official role a little bit near the end. And I thought that was important too. Mm. So I, I thought that was great. And now, of course, with a bit of a warming up of the relationship between North Korea and the West, particularly the U.S., um, we'll maybe learn more about North Korea in the, in the days and months and years to come. Mm. I'm quite fascinated with North Korea. You are. You're, you watch these videos on YouTube of, of guys sneaking cameras oh, into right. stores and you, they, they shop for like hours and you just watch them. It's the strangest thing. I, I can't get enough of it. I don't understand. I, I don't, I don't know. Inspirational people, uh, generally back to the original question, Right. I find it difficult to, to find one and I'm, I am going to mention one and, and there's a good friend of mine. I won't mention uh, the friend's name, but I'm going to say Chris Hadfield mm-hmm. because he's done the thing that the main thing that I always wanted to do all of my life, which was to go into space. Mm. He, not only has he gone into space, he did so in, in such a personal way. He took his guitar with him and he sang songs from up there and he really interacted well with the people on the ground. And then he lived a continuous and ha- is still living a continuous life of promotion of space and mm-hmm. science to Canadian kids, coast to coast and all of that. The friend I'm talking about thinks that he's just into self-promotion and it's, she can't stand the, the fact that he's always on every channel, every show all the time that Chris Hadfield is a guest and he's always available and it drives her crazy. See, I, I, I can see that point of view because I get a little bit of that from him. I won't lie. I, I really like him a lot, but I get a little bit of that from him. Um, his son does a lot of his promotion stuff as well mm-hmm. on his Twitter and yeah, stuff like that. Uh, we saw him speak in person. Mm-hmm. Were you there? I wasn't. Oh, you weren't there? Yeah, but but I remember him being here. Uh, I wasn't able to go. I was working. Oh, I went with Chris and yeah. someone else. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I've talked to him. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he writes books, which is right up your alley as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it, when you think about just the guitar thing, when you're going to space, when weight is the main issue, but also space space is an issue too and i'm not talking about the space that he's going to space within the mm-hmm. vehicle that he's taking there to bring a guitar is kind of comical like how, how would he have convinced the nasa directors to allow him to take that would have liked to hear that conversation mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but uh, they managed to pull it off and i think it was overall a huge success mm. and he was the commander of the space station when some local ham radio operators, and I was just a helper person. I wasn't an organizer of it, but I helped out. We had a school contact arranged with Chris in space, mm-hmm. and it came off flawlessly. It was perfect. We'd set up the, the antenna on the roof of Stone Park School here in Charlottetown, and uh, he went over right on schedule, and he spoke to the kids, and they all got their questions answered, and we had a pass of 10 or 11 minutes all the way through, and it was really, really great. And at the time, he was the first Canadian commander of the International Space Station, and we were able to make that connection with him. Mm. So that was that was outstanding. I had spoken with him around 20 years or 15 years earlier when he was just in a shuttle. Right. He wasn't in the space station. He was actually in a shuttle, and that's when I worked him mm. and talked to him when he was in space. That was cool, and I'll always cherish that. But uh, I, I do know there are people who think that Chris Hadfield is like, He's, he's on, he's all media. He's all right. the time. And why wouldn't he be? Yeah. I mean, he, and he has the personality with it too. He's a very oh, yeah. uh, friendly guy and, uh, he, he likes to talk to people and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, 
Are you for the next question? Yeah, okay. What are your thoughts on self-driving cars? Hate them. Really? Hate them. Hate them. I just, I don't think a self-driving car will ever, if every car on the road were self-driving yeah. and there were no uh, human-driven cars, it might work. But as long as there's a mixture of the two, I think it's a, it's just a disaster waiting to happen. I think it can be summed up in two words, in my opinion, too soon. Yes. It's too soon. Sometime, sure. Too soon for now. Yeah. Absolutely. A self-driving car, and I, like there's some new thinking about self-driving cars where they will communicate with each other. Even. Right. So a car will be able to tell the car behind it, I have to stop. And the car behind it will start stopping before it's even mm -hmm. apparent. So those kinds of things, the opportunities for safety and everything are amazing. But as long as there's a human in the mix, uh, that's problematic. I would never be in a vehicle that was self-driving and trusted. No, me neither. I, I wouldn't use the, f the feature. I think I'm, but then again, uh, traveling via vehicle isn't a chore for me. I like driving. Mm -hmm. I enjoy driving. It's one of the f my favorite things to do is drive. So I wouldn't let someone else take that from me, mm -hmm. especially a, a machine. I don't mind a self-driving car as long as there is a human operator that can intervene. So if there's someone sitting there monitoring the self-driving car and can step in and hit a button and take over, then I'm fine with it. Well, that's all self-driving cars now, like a Tesla. Well, there's, uh, when I think of self-driving, like there are self-driving trucks that they've invented that don't yeah, have yeah. a driver. Right. They, they just go on their own. And, right. And they, uh, that scares me. That's not... That's that's not very common though. I mean, no. I'm talking about like self-driving as in a Tesla. You sit there and you're playing your phone while your vehicle drives for you on the highway. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't consider that a human intervention. Like if you're playing on your phone, if you're not paying attention to what the self-driving car is doing, then I don't count that. Well, that's the, that's the problem. That's the whole problem with the whole scenario because when you remove, when you put a, a human in that situation where they're, they don't have to pay attention because their car drives for them, they get bored and they do other things. They go on their phone and... When you need that human intervention, when something does go wrong, it's not there because someone's playing Candy Crush on their phone. Well, I, when I look at human monitoring, I think of an airplane that's on autopilot. I'm okay with that. So you've got two crew members, typically, that mm -hmm. sit there. They're not hands-on flying the airplane, but they're constantly watching all the systems, all the instruments, right. doing the communication piece and all of that that has to be done manually. And they're both very much engaged in the flight. Uh, and then they can step in, flick a button, and they've got manual control right away. That's what I envision for the acceptable level of human right. interaction on a self-driving car. If the human is actually watching what's going on and not distracted, then I'm okay. In a perfect but, world, yeah. Yeah, but if they're playing on their phone or playing chess or sleeping. Sleeping, there's been people sleeping, yeah, all that stuff. That's the yeah. problem, That's, yeah. and there's nothing you can do about it unless you're a police officer, but... yeah. So I, 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 I'm not for a long time will that ever happen. Mm, too soon. And I know that sometime in the future, 100, 200 years from now, there will be a, a little trivia factoid on a placemat somewhere in a restaurant that said, <coughs> do you know that back in, in 2020, every car was actually driven by a human? Yeah. And the people are going to be saying, no. Yeah. People, they, that would be chaos if everyone drove their own car. Mm. They, they will say that. It would have been chaotic. It would have been yeah. uh, caveman-like to drive your own vehicle. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Next question. Do you like Tim Hortons? As, a, as an institution, 
um, or as do, do I like every, I don't like everything in Tim Hortons. I like Tim Hortons coffee. Yeah. I like their chocolate chip muffins. I like their sausage, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwiches. And that's about it. I don't like their donuts. I uh. don't like all the other things they do. I, there's a lot of things I don't like about Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons used to be, I think it's a common misconception that every Canadian loves Tim Hortons. I don't like Tim Hortons, and I know I know more people who don't like Tim Hortons than I do who do like Tim Hortons. They, they use frozen donuts now instead of baking them fresh on site uh they switched some other stuff around um i do like the breakfast sandwiches i will say that but their prices are pretty crazy on certain things um but i don't i avoid tim hortons unless i have to go there mm-hmm. i uh, go to tim hortons frequently during the week often just to pick up a coffee but i we have a keurig coffee making machine at the office now mm-hmm. and i buy the pods that go in them Usually the pods I use are Tim Hortons pods. I actually like their coffee and, and the, you know, the amount of roasting that's done and the, and the, and the blend and all of that. So I'm happy with, with the coffee product generally, but not much more than that. I totally agree. When they went to these automated donut things where they're all, the, the dough is all frozen somewhere in Ontario and trucked down here yeah. and baked or fried or whatever they do, um, it, it ruined it. As far as I'm concerned, ruined the the, the quality. It, I agree. It, it was they even used less chocolate on the chocolate dip donuts. Yeah, like there's less there now. I'm I'm not interested anymore. Mm. But here in PEI, we have Robin's Donuts. Heck yeah, which does donuts the way Tim Hortons probably used to do them because they're more manual. And they're they're not so a, good and they're very good. Yeah, and in the states, and you're not a big fan of Dunkin' Donuts, but I am. What do you think about Krispy Kreme? I've never had one. Oh. You are in for a treat. I wanted to have one in Vegas. Oh, they'd have to. They'd have to. Vegas has everything else that's bad for you. <laughs> Krispy Kreme must be on top of the list. Do you oh. know how it works in Krispy Kreme? No. You go in. It's basically a donut factory. You see the donuts going around in a circle, like in the oil, and they're they're on a little conveyor belt, and you can see the the, the glaze being plopped on them. And that's cool. When you get them, they're hot. Hmm. They're hot. That's different. And they are unbelievable. I will definitely check that out. Then. You must. Krispy Kreme. And they've tried to bring some Krispy Kreme operations into Canada. I think they opened up a couple in Toronto, and I don't believe they did all that well. Oh, really? And and I don't understand why, because there's nothing, nothing more fabulous than a Krispy Kreme donut right out of the store. Mm. Very interesting. Mm, yeah. Next question. Okay. What is the luckiest thing that has ever happened to you? I think I can probably answer this for you. Try it. When you had to, when you had plane issues and your engine died or whatever Mm -hmm. over the Northumberland Strait and you had to land on the highway Mm -hmm. and a week earlier, the power lines were taken down for uh, whatever purposes. Yeah, just for uh, redoing them. If they had been up, you might not have been able to land on the highway. Yeah, might have cut a line or been cut by a line Mm. on the way down. That's probably it. And you could say, well... It started with a very unlucky event. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. <laughs> and then you had to have a lot of luck to overcome the unluck. My answer is, is because of it's unlucky that turned into luck. So it, mm-hmm. I think it's an, an okay answer. Mm-hmm. Because my answer is all the little 
tiny unlucky things that have happened in my life that led me up to starting this channel that I never would have otherwise. Mm -hmm. And then because like, I think I'm lucky because I never would have got here if a, lo a lot of those terrible things, unlucky things never would have happened. Mm -hmm. So That's a good message for people, especially younger folks that are starting out in life. Mm -hmm. uh, they may not even be out of school yet, but they may have lots of things they're worried about especially in school where you got a lot of peer pressure and things aren't going well. You got a mark you didn't like in a certain class or the girl you like doesn't like you back or vice versa. Um, all these things that seem to be very bad news at the time are all building your character. Yeah, definitely. All these unlucky moments that you have when you're in your 20s, uh, they may seem to be dead ends and black holes at the time, but they're building your character and they're adding to your personality so that when you do show up in the world on YouTube or <laughs> in a job or wherever, you've got all those pieces that are making you what you are. And I've had a lot of adversity in my life, not nearly as bad as someone with a disability or something like that, but I've had jobs that didn't go well, that mm. dead ended, or I worked for companies that ceased to exist or technology got overcome when I was in radio. Uh, I left before automation took over, but hardly any radio station these days has a human being at the controls. It's all pre-taped and, mm. and you hear the person talking and saying up, coming up next, it's whoever, um, it's uh, Florence and the machine with such and such. And right now it's 10 after two and they're not really there. They've taped that ahead of time Yeah, and you're just listening to a computer. So that would have eliminated me from the radio business if I hadn't left before then. All kinds of things that didn't seem to be working out at the time. And then I got the, the job that brought me to Prince Edward Island, mm. which ended up being something that drew on all of my experience in a vastly different set of things that I did in the past, mm -hmm. but they all came together to the perfect combination that allowed me to do that job. And that job has led into this job. And it looks really good that I'll be staying here for a long time. And your luckiness in getting that job that brought you to PEI also is one of the reasons that I started this channel because I would have never moved to PEI. I would have never met, met the people I did. I never would have experienced those unlucky things that happened to me mm -hmm. while I lived here when I first moved here and everything else that came after that. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, if you're going through a hard time or if you feel unlucky, things have a way of working themselves out and you'll have unlucky moments again in the future. Everyone does. Uh, but yeah. They, re they really do. And it may be a long time and you may not see the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Right now. Yeah, you're right. You may be in the, you know, there's a, some biblical sayings, you know, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, mm -hmm. and fear no evil. Uh, things can get really grim looking for a long period of time. But if you persevere, then you will be able to turn the corner. Well, I, in 2008, I worked as a, a bread baker for Sobeys overnight, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. shifts for a year. And uh, it completely destroyed me. I lost a whole bunch of weight. You remember my old passport mm -hmm. photo? I oh, looked yeah. like a, a drug dealer or something like that. Yeah, or a user. Yeah, it, like it's, it's, it's bad. It's, maybe I'll show it. Um, but anyways, it's, it's pretty bad. And that was a, I, I hated, I hated my job. I hated where I was. I hated a lot of things in life. And uh, it's, I mean, 10 years later, I'm making videos on YouTube and I'm about to go to Las Vegas because of the generosity of other people. Like, so 
keep keep your head up and uh, things will get better. Yeah. Here. And, and an example of what you're doing on YouTube, no one, th- th- this is not a full-time lifelong income for you. Right. Uh, you know, what little you're able to, to gather up on Patreon and all of that, but it's something you did yourself from scratch. You mm-hmm. can you can create something out of nothing. Definitely. Just with what's in your brain and with what's in your heart, you can make something. And and if you make it well, other people will want that. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, if you if if you want to start a hockey channel, start a hockey channel. If you want if you're really good at doing taxes and helping people with their taxes, make a YouTube channel or like you can anyone can make a channel, anyone can teach something that other people will watch and listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really teach anything. I'm not a hockey expert, but I like to give my analysis and I've, people like to listen. Um, it doesn't matter what you do. Maybe you're really good at making cookies. Make a video of you making cookies and show show how it's done and guaranteed there'll be someone out there who'd be like, okay, wow, I'm going to try that. I really like mm-hmm. the look of those cookies. I'm going to give that a go and I'll hit the subscribe button and see your next batch of cookies. So I it's, I'll always uh, try and enable people to make a YouTube channel and share what they're good at. So mm-hmm. don't give up if you're unlucky. Don't give is up. Moral. Uh, okay. What is the most important thing you've learned in life so far? Just circle back to my last Yeah, uh, that's statement. kind of, yeah, <laughs> that's really. Yeah, the most important thing, I'm now, f- what am I, 58? 59 in December. Why do I know that you're... <laughs> Your age and you don't. Yeah, I'm, I'll be 59 on my next birthday. Uh, I consider myself still a very much a work in progress. There's so many things I want to do with my life yet that I haven't done. You've got books to finish. I've got books to finish. Places to go. I've got autographs to sign. <laughs> Once I become famous, uh, I have so much to do and I have never had a more optimistic look of, or feeling about the future than I do now. And I think I'd be shocked if you went back to me as a 30-year-old or a 20-year-old and said, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, young man, that when you're 58 years old, you'll have a very optimistic view of the future. Mm -hmm. And I would probably, my 20-year-old self would say, well, that just makes no sense because my life is almost over by then, right? (laughs) So there is no future when you're 58. All the fun's been had. You know, your body's breaking down, you're decrepit, you look old, nobody wants to hang out with you or whatever. Yeah. You know, I would I would think of all kinds of reasons why someone who's that age would be basically thrown in the towel by this time. Mm. But now I I just can't wait for tomorrow and the next day. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> eager beaver. Amazing. Uh, what's the next question? Okay. Neil, if you won $500 million but had to quit YouTube, would you do it? Uh, yes, and then I would use that money to hire a team of of more entertaining and educated people to uh, make videos in my place, <laughs> which would probably increase subscriber counts and stuff. But uh, I would probably try and start a lot of YouTube channels that I wasn't in. Mm-hmm. So technically I would quit YouTube, but it doesn't mean that I wouldn't curate uh, or... Cure? Oh, great. Good word. Thank you, yeah. Nice. Uh, other YouTube channels, yeah. So That's excellent. That's a, that's a <coughs> word that I... Hardly ever hear, and I very rarely ever use. I just dropped it down. Boom. Boom. Look at that. Add that to your... Throwing the new words. Your repertoire. (laughs) Okay, next question. If you had to pick one U.S. state to become a Canadian province, what state would you choose? This is a very good question because geography doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a state along the border of Canada. 
So whatever, this is kind of the state that you have to think about. This is going to be a long mm-hmm. process. Do you want to go through each state and and say yes or no, or the pros and cons? Well, that might take a while. This is a podcast. <laughs> it's one of the last questions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, wow, it's it's huge. I would. The state would have to want to do that. I don't know if any state would matter. want to join Canada. It's, it's not about logistics of that. It's as a, if you were the Canadian government or what, you had the decision as a Canadian mm-hmm. to pick a U.S. state to make a Canadian province, what would it be? It's not about whether that state wants it or whether yeah. the U.S. will allow it. There's compelling reasons for Alaska because it's big, it's got lots of resources, and it would fit well with the geography of Canada. There's a lot of... Uh, lot of good reasons why we would want to say Florida mm-hmm. because of the climate and the fact that so many Canadians live there already <laughs> most of the year or at least half That's of true. the year. There's good reasons to say Texas <coughs> because of the tremendous resources that Texas has mm-hmm. both onshore and offshore and Louisiana and Alabama same thing. Uh, wow it's it's a it's a terribly tough question. I'm going to put you on the spot. I want to go through every single state here just on this map, and I want you to say yes or no. If you like, yes, I would consider this because, or no, I wouldn't consider that because. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Maine. Yes, I would consider it because it would allow uh, the Atlantic provinces to have a direct link to uh, southern Quebec without having to go around uh, that's the gas bay. That's an answer I never thought of. That's a really good answer. Yeah. It helps Canada yeah, connect that's a, to that's itself. A, that's a very selfish answer because we're on the East Coast and it have is. to drive around yeah. Maine to get to Toronto and stuff, <laughs> yeah. or in Montreal. Um, Vermont? Vermont, yes, because uh, I, want, I don't know about the majority, but a lot of people in Vermont are already of Canadian heritage, mm-hmm. uh, mainly Quebec. So there's lots of uh, uh, Quebec uh, French-speaking heritage in Vermont that has continued on to this day, and I think Vermont is a very socially progressive state that would fit in with a lot of Canadians uh, thinking these days. Mm. Yeah. Good answer. Mm-hmm. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. I would love that as long as they, they kept their... No sales tax. No sales tax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, the Mass. Massachusetts. It would be a, a tougher sell for me for Massachusetts. Uh, life is not perfect uh, down there. It's uh, uh, They've got some debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, got some pretty good big ports and stuff, though. They've got some great resources. Good resources, as well. though, yeah. The economy in Massachusetts has changed a lot. The, the old textile, the manufacturing, is is gone a bit these days. Uh, but hey, if Massachusetts wanted to join, I certainly wouldn't get in the way. Uh, Connecticut. Connecticut. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of a place that you have to drive through to get to another state <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Because I've got good lobster rolls, I hear. But. Yeah. I, there's lots of... Coastal Connecticut, I think, is beautiful. Yeah. And it would be very nice to have... Definitely. You know, some... We have very... Frontage. S- kind of similar landscape a little mm-hmm. bit in Nova Scotia, I guess. And yeah. Stuff, so. Yeah, very similar. Rhode Island. Rhode Island, a smaller it, version of Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> a smaller version of PEI, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit. Uh, New York. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why would you... Well, Say no to the opportunity of having New York City in, in your country. When, yeah, precisely. Yeah. And you'd have a direct link th- down through all of Canada. Like Lake Champlain feeds into the Richelieu River and goes to the St. Lawrence. And just south of that, mm-hmm. the Hudson's headwaters are there. Uh, it would be a fantastic linkage for Canada to have its outlet into the uh, into mm. the Atlantic right there. It'd be fantastic. You're right. Pennsylvania? Sure. 
lots of resources. They do a lot of steel work there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's lots of coal and mm -hmm. oil around there as well. Not, not so much oil these days, but yeah, there's, there's the resources in the ground and they do border in the Great Lakes. So yeah. a little sliver around Erie. Uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. I love New Jersey. A lot of people make fun of New Jersey just yeah. because it's kind of like the spore, the, the poor stepchild or whatever <laughs> of, of New York. Um, but New Jersey is, as we know, it's really two New Jerseys. There's the New Jersey, <coughs> the Northern half, which is in the New York metropolitan area. Then you got the Southern half of New Jersey, which is really in the Philadelphia orbit mm. and down around Camden, places like that. And Southern Jersey is really, really nice. I, I like it down there, Atlantic city. And, yeah. 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 Uh, Cape May. It's beautiful down there and uh, I love it. I've got no sales tax on clothes either. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, heck Ooh. yeah. Uh, Delaware. Delaware. A lot of companies are based in Delaware because of the way they have their corporate registration set up. So Delaware has a, I won't say it's free, but Del a lot of companies, if you look at the, the actual headquarters mm. or the, the paperwork of companies, they're registered in Delaware because of the special favors that businesses have there if they register in that state. They have a, in a unique position, I guess. They are. Mm -hmm. Maryland. Maryland. Oh yeah. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Kind of like Connecticut. Yeah. Like it's, mm. Maryland is, uh, we've spent a little bit of time going through Maryland. I don't think we've ever spent an overnight there, but uh, the Delmarva Peninsula is really nice. Of course, that shares that with Delaware and Virginia in the very southern part of the peninsula. Maryland's nice. Annapolis is there, of course, where the Naval Academy is. You yeah, you're like right. That. Yeah. Gotta like that. Uh, Virginia? Virginia, I'd love Virginia. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Virginia's Virginia. fantastic. Beautiful state. Yeah. And I love Virginia Beach in mm. particular. I've not actually been through Richmond, been around it, but not been through it. But I guess it's lovely. But Virginia Beach and along the coast there is fantastic. Norfolk, that area, mm. beautiful. Uh, West Virginia. Um, yeah. Yeah. West Virginia, um, I'm going to go off book here a little bit. Go for it. Anthony Bourdain right. is a foodie and he works for CNN and does these documentaries for CNN that air on, on Sunday nights called Anthony Bourdain Parts Unknown. And he goes to different places. This tonight, when we're taping this, tonight he's in Newfoundland. Ah. And he's also done one for London, one for Scotland. And last week his show was about West Virginia. And I didn't think much about West Virginia one way or the other. Like I didn't really have an opinion. Mm. And he was in West Virginia and hanging out in little towns and watching the people living their lives and the economy changing so much because West Virginia really was a, a coal and manufacturing uh, type of economy for many, many years. And that a lot of that went away. And some towns that were 30,000 people at one time are down to 5,000 now and everyone's gone uh, because of the coal mines and being out of favor with the carbon and, you know, all, all of that, the greenhouse gases and everything. But the people that he ran into were just fantastic. And West Virginia, the history of West Virginia is interesting because back in the early 1860s, late 1850s, when they were trying to uh, rig up the United States Constitution with various states for, for slavery and against slavery, mm -hmm. uh, West Virginia was basically created out of Western Virginia to try, if I'm getting off here on my history tangent a little too far, forgive me but to try to uh, add another anti-slavery state to the Union. Mm -hmm. And because of that, normally West Virginia being geographically where it was, 
it might have had a lot of more affinity to the South and the Confederate states, but it didn't in this case. And it's, it is a very harmonious place even to this day. There's lots of mixed-race people there, you know, blacks and whites in, in some of these small towns that you normally wouldn't think it would be a natural fit. Mm-hmm. Get along great, you know, they're all just one big happy gang, and, and that's the way it ought to be. So West Virginia, I think it's a great, and I'm not saying every part of the state is like that, but the parts that I saw on Anthony Bourdain's show last weekend really impressed me. Isn't it a big college-university state? I think they all are these days. But I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love Ohio, uh, especially I'm going to be in Ohio in two days or three days myself and mm-hmm. spend several days there. And if Ohio were part of Canada, then Dayton, the annual Dayton Hamvention, would be a Canadian mm-hmm. event. and. Uh, all the better. Yeah, I think Ohio would be just like geographically a pretty good decision for for Canada mm. to to make that a part of itself. Yep. Um, Michigan, definitely. Yeah, another good geographic place for mm-hmm. Canada to. Yeah, and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan uh, is much closer to Canada and could be considered uh, nicely located. If you look at Sault Ste. Marie, for instance, up that way at the very top of. Uh, uh, I guess the bottom of Lake Superior, but the top of Lake Michigan, there's that right. piece that goes along there that's really part of Michigan, but really is not connected to it. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. And anyway, it's uh, pretty close to Canada. I like it. Uh, let's see. North Carolina? I love North Carolina. NASCAR. Uh, NASCAR country. Head, head, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not the headquarters necessarily because the France family's in Florida, but uh, North Carolina, Charlotte, that whole <coughs> uh, Tri-Cities area, <coughs> the, the, the Golden Triangle or... Raleigh, Durham, Fayetteville, all that area, fantastic. Probably the same could be said with South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Two very similar states. Yeah, we had some ancestors that came uh, from (coughs) South Carolina. uh, uh, Back when they ended up on the wrong side of the American Revolution, they shipped out of South Carolina for Halifax and settled in Nova Scotia for a while. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, Georgia? Yeah, okay. Why not? I I don't know. I just... uh, Georgia's uh, just for me, and no, no, uh, no offense to the people of Georgia. It just seems to be something I have to go through to get to somewhere else I want to be. What about the Georgia Aquarium and or the aquarium in Atlanta, Georgia? I have never heard of it. What? No. Apparently, it's like one of the Sorry. biggest, nicest aquariums in the world. Mm-hmm. It's the headquarters of CNN uh, in Atlanta. Uh, That's all right, I guess. Florida, you've already spoken about already it. Spoken. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, Alabama. Alabama. Uh, Talladega, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tennessee? Tennessee? Uh, yeah. Tennessee. Uh, the cultural influence of Tennessee on so much of the United States is uh, is is unquestioned. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, Memphis, as much as Nashville, frankly. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have Tennessee as a part of Canada if they would have us. Kentucky? Sure, for the same reasons. Well, yeah, resources in Kentucky too, a lot of farming and stuff going on. And mm-hmm. um, Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to offend anyone, just be honest. Oh, I know, but I, I've been through Indiana uh, a couple of times. I I like Indiana. I'll be very close to Indiana. When, when, when I'll be in Dayton here in a couple of days, Indiana's not that far west of where I'll be. Mm-hmm. Not that far west at all. Uh, but it's flat and it's full of, uh, great crops and feeds yeah, a lot of people. Definitely. So, uh, you're completely right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, uh, Illinois. Illinois. Uh, sure. Uh, it's, 
when you think of Illinois, you think of Chicago, which mm-hmm. is really in the very northern corner of Illinois. Most of Illinois is west and south of that. Right. There's lots going on down there, well, down towards the Ozarks. Uh, lots of crime in Chicago, though. There is. It's a little better now, but still, mm. it's uh, kind of scary. Um, Wisconsin. You're going through all of them, aren't you? Yep, sure am. Wisconsin's one of my absolute yeah. favorite states. Definitely Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mississippi. Mississippi. Can you spell Mississippi? M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Can you spell it backwards? No. I-P-P-I-S-S-I-S-I-M. You got me. Learn that in grade seven. Why are Canadian kids in grade seven learning about how to spell Mississippi? I have no idea. Why is that? No idea. Funny. Minnesota. I wonder if any kids in Mississippi in grade seven had to learn how to spell Saskatchewan. I don't even know how to spell Saskatchewan. Yes to Minnesota. We've got relatives there and I'd like to have them in the same country. Yeah. Iowa. Oh, yeah. Well, especially for Des Moines. Oh, yeah. Love Des Moines. Throwback. <laughs> Missouri? Missouri, sure. Uh, Arkansas? Arkansas. <laughs> well. You're not going to offend people. Oh, well, no, I might be offending people. It doesn't matter if you do Arkansas or not. Arkansas might be the most amazing place. I'm, I'm sure not, it is. There's be- probably beautiful places in Arkansas. That's the headquarters of Walmart. We don't know anything about it. Yeah. Walmart is based there. <laughs> you, you can't hate that. The other interesting thing about Arkansas is because of the irregularly shaped border, all six states that border Arkansas have little bits of territory to the south of a part of Arkansas. So Arkansas is the only state in the U.S. where you can go south and go into every other state that it borders. What? That doesn't make sense. It does. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shaped like a, consider this like a puzzle piece. What about right? Tennessee? It borders Tennessee. Yeah. But if you go close enough, there's a spot where where the river there is where you can go from Arkansas south into Tennessee. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, Louisiana. Oh, definitely. Resources and... Resources and uh, culture. Yeah, culture, yeah. It would help bring the Cajuns, the the original Acadians, back into the Canadian fold where they they came from. Right on. North Dakota, South Dakota. Absolutely. Combine those two. (laughs) Well, South Dakota, uh, I just love, and I've not been there, but I, I love the the idea of the prairies and the plains, mm-hmm. uh, South Dakota, Mount Rushmore, all of that, the yeah. Badlands. I, I just, I'm just, I think it's so romantic. I'd like to go there and, and just spend time standing around watching <laughs> the wind <laughs> watching go by the wind. and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, but North Dakota, we have relatives there too. So I'd love to have them in the, in the group. Ah, yeah. Nebraska. Oh yeah, definitely Nebraska. Definitely yeah. Nebraska. Yeah, Kansas. Yeah, Torna- need some tornadoes in Canada, so yeah, need some Kansas. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma. Um, Same answer for me. Tornadoes. Yeah, I, I guess so. Certain <laughs> times of the year, Oklahoma is really cranking I, with tornadoes. I want easy access to tornado yeah. viewing. <laughs> Texas. Yeah. Anyone says no to Texas, if you're a Canadian. I don't know. You know, something might be wrong with you because we need to send you to a re-education camp. There's so much resources geographically. It's a, a gateway to Mexico. Uh, that might not be a good thing as far as drugs, but uh, it's on the the uh, Gulf of Mexico. It's huge. So mm-hmm. Montana. Oh yeah. Yeah, after Montana's beautiful. Yeah, it's nicely different. connected with Alberta. Very close. And they even share some uh, some park lands. Mm. There's a there's national parks on both sides of the border that there's not the same park, but they, they collaborate. The mountains, the cool. mountains run through. Yeah. 
Alberta down to Montana. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Wyoming. Yeah, except for Dick Cheney. But, oh, uh, burn. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. I don't mind Dick Cheney. I don't dislike him like other people do. Yellowstone is in Wyoming, isn't it? I didn't think so, but I don't know for sure. We'll find out. Yeah, it is. Okay. There you go. Uh, Colorado. Heck well, yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. If I didn't say yes to Colorado, I think you'd walk out. Yep, sure would. Yeah. Uh, New Mexico. Oh, yeah. Roswell. Roswell. Yeah. yeah. That's that's my favorite part. Uh, Idaho. Idaho, yeah. Uh, although th- we would have to have an agreement with Idaho. PEI is going to be the potato place. Yeah, I agree, yeah. And Idaho, if you want to come into Canada, like you're going to have to grow something else because yeah. we're, we're, we got the potatoes. <laughs> exactly. We got the pota- potatoes covered. Idaho, you'll have to start growing turnips or something else. Rutabagas, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Utah, definitely. Definitely Utah. Definitely. Yeah. Arizona, sure. Heck yeah. Yeah. Nevada, heck yeah. Oh yeah. California, I'd sure. Say, I'd say no. Why? Too many people. There's more people in California than there is in Canada. I wouldn't want to double the population of Canada. Well, that's yeah. That's we a go, very good we point. We go. We go to over 70 million people. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, from 35 million. Yeah. So I'd say no. Okay. They, Gee. they can keep it. So, you, but you said yes to New York. That's pretty close. Yeah, but New York City. <laughs> you don't have the same love for LA or San Francisco. Like California's beautiful, but uh, it, uh, earthquakes. Yeah, earthquakes. I don't. I, you could lose it instantly with an earthquake. So mm, too risky financially. Too it's too risky financially. So. Uh, Washington. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It would be a great addition to Canada, just mm-hmm. based on. Uh, geographically alone. Well, back in the day, Washington and Oregon, the Pacific Northwest part of the United States, were in dispute. The the Americans and the British hadn't figured out where the border should be. And they also hadn't figured out where the border between New Brunswick and Maine should be. Mm. And those two issues became linked. And uh, in the Ashburton Treaty of like 1830, something like that, they established the border between New Brunswick and Maine, and they gave Canada... The Americans wanted everything up to the St. John River. So in other words, Fredericton and half of St. John and Woodstock, they would all be in Maine Mm -hmm. if they had their way. But the Canadians or the British negotiated the St. Croix River as the border instead. So we would get Fredericton and St. Stephen and St. George Mm -hmm. and all of St. John and Woodstock. And that's the piece that we got from the Americans in exchange for Washington and Oregon. What? Are you serious? I'm serious. No way. Because Washington and Oregon, what were they at the time? I they guess. were just a bunch of trees and who really cared? <sighs> oh yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> incredible. Um, wow. I guess, yeah, Oregon, I've, it was part of your conversation just now, so mm-hmm. that'd probably be a yes. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Alaska? I mentioned already, yeah. I, I think it'd be a really good fit. Hawaii? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Even though they're, they're undergoing, Hawaii's going through some, on the big island right now with Kilauea. Mm. Uh, two more fissures opened up yesterday. Dang. Farther down the line. It looks like there is a massive eruption imminent. Wow. And imminent means anything from a few hours to a few weeks, because they just don't know. Yeah. Tectonics and, and uh, this ty- type of geology is just so... How big are they? Uh, it, it could be really big. Really big? Really big. As in like island ending? Oh, no. Specific one? No, no. The, this is the big island 
And Kilauea is, a, it's a big volcano on the Big Island, but the Big Island is really big. Mm-hmm. So most of the Big Island won't be affected at all. But there is quite a bit there in that southeast corner that uh, big, it, it could be. Big Island's about to get bigger. Well, maybe. Yeah, I guess it's always getting bigger in Hawaii. Yeah. But yeah. Hawaii came up out of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like Iceland. It's still <coughs> growing all the time. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I think I've covered all the states. I believe you have. And I mean, I'm exhausted. <laughs> you want to talk about some territories? Some, yeah. Uh, sure. Like Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico Guam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Americans, American Samoa. Samoa, yeah, Samoa. Um, you've got... Uh, oh, there's another. There's one more. There's four, right? Hmm. There's the Marianas Islands. I think some of those are American. Um, oh, the Virgin Islands. Yeah, U.S. Virgin Islands, yeah. Midway. There's a few out there in the Pacific and in the Caribbean. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a very long, a very long answer <laughs> to your question, <laughs> uh, but it was a fun process. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, only a couple questions left. Okay. What was your first car? My first car was that you owned officially. That I owned officially. That was in my name. Yep. Was my 1973 Vegas station wagon. Oh, snap. Yeah. Wood paneling? Wood paneling. Well, it was fake wood. Dang. It was plastic, sticky Mac pack. That's amazing. Uh, type stuff on the doors. It was great. Aluminum block engine, mm. four cylinder. Uh, it was it was a, a little snotty little thing, <laughs> but uh, it was a lot of fun to drive. <coughs> and uh, I thought I was I was king of the castle. Yeah. Had my little Vega. Woo. Uh, okay. This is some three... Rapid fire questions here. Bacon or sausage? Sausage. Really? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Oh, uh, well, it is how what you, it is. How can you not choose bacon? Now, if you want to qualify things, if the bacon is exactly the way I like it <laughs> and the sausage isn't, then I could probably go bacon. Okay. But, uh, no, generally sausage. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Yeah, me too. Yep. Scrambled eggs or fried eggs? Oh, scrambled as long as they don't have any crap in them. I've had some pretty terrible scrambled eggs, and mm. I've had some really good scrambled eggs. So yeah. It almost depends where it comes from. That's right. Yeah. Um, last question. Your best advice to someone who doesn't know what career path to take? Turn right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I guess my best advice is don't feel you have to make a lifelong decision just because you're at a certain age or a certain corner in your life. Completely agree. Completely agree. My advice would be to travel, go internationally, try something new. If you're, if you're from the States or Canada, uh, go to Asia, teach English, go wherever, and just go somewhere that will give you experiences, and through those experiences will guide you into... Uh, other interests that you would have never had otherwise and which could lead into a career path. So, And it's okay to change your mind. Definitely. So if you're halfway through a degree in sociology and you find that you're really not feeling it and all of a sudden you're more interested in fine arts or you're more interested in computers, do it. Mm-hmm. Turn the corner and do it. You never, it's never too late to change your mind. It's never too late to have a new career. My career I'm in right now, I've had for eight months. <laughs> yeah. You went to school for political science and yeah, most of your jobs after that were not even related to political science whatsoever. That's right. Uh, one was, but 
uh, I mean, yeah, you were, you've done a ton of things that have, so it's, you, you can change your career at any time. You can, uh, do whatever you want, even at an older age. So, mm-hmm. and I guess uh, you only asked for one piece of advice, but I'd add, I'd add another thing. I would not get sucked in by academia. And like the, by that, I mean, if people are putting pressure on you to go to university, right. that you have to have a degree, uh, still around a lot of places, they want a degree mm-hmm. before they'll hire you for certain jobs. That's true. But a lot of places as well will give you credit, employment credit for the an equivalent combination of experience in, in the field or something else. Definitely. Instead of a degree. And the trades are so much more important uh, at the end of the day, when my pipes are leaking, I don't care if the guy coming in the door or the girl coming in the door has a, has a philosophy degree or That's something true. else. I just want to know that they're a licensed plumber and they know what they're doing. And they're far more important to me. The plumber is far more important to me than the philosopher. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And the electrician is far more important to me than, than the, the history mm-hmm. teacher or whatever. These are all things that are important, but... Uh, the trades are given a bit of a bad rap because they're less white collar, mm-hmm. I guess. But the trades are so critical yeah. to making the world go around and making our economy go. They, I think, are now earning the kind of money that they should be earning oh, for the definitely. work that they're doing. Yeah. And there's no shame in working with your hands. No, not at all. It's uh, very important uh, and safe a safe career path to take as far as stability and uh, there's always going to be trade work. So. There's always going to be a plug toilet. Yeah. Unfo- oh. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. For other reasons. Yeah. No matter how much progress we make in society, <laughs> there's going to be things that get stuck. Self-driving cars and all this stuff. There's still technology, uh, toilet technology has not come t- <laughs> to a self-sustaining uh, portion. Anyways, that's the last question. Thank you very much for joining me for this uh this podcast. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thanks to the listeners for putting up with it all. And thank you for, to the listeners for submitting their questions on last week's Have a Yak, or not last week, three weeks ago's The Last Have a Yak. Um, submit your new questions in the YouTube comments below. Um, if you have not seen the previous Have a Yaks, maybe go take a listen to those as well if you're new to see if a question's been asked before. Mm-hmm. And, and before you close off altogether, this place where Havana Yak is currently residing in the more post-to-post space on YouTube Mm -hmm. is going to become a very busy space in the next few days. Exactly. I'm going to be posting uh, daily vlogs for basically the rest of May because I'm going to Las Vegas to see Game 3 and Game 4 between the Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets and we spend some other time in the United States after that as well. So there'll be daily vlogs coming on this channel. Um, So it's going to be a, a busier place than the main channel, so. And I'm going to try and vlog a little bit about my Dayton trip. Oh, snap. I have a, a small little Canon PowerShot type camera that I will take with me. I, I will do some some things. I don't know how well it'll go mm-hmm. or how much I'll get done. Uh, I may just fill up the memory card and say, I'm, do, I'm good, and then produce it when I get back or throw it all together. The, the video quality will be junk. It doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, it's I know. All, it's all about the person and the experience. Yeah. And, and the, it'll be very sexy, I tell you. You just got to do some storytelling. Work on your B-roll. Mm-hmm. That's, that's nice. yeah. And I'll have to do some of that. So I'll probably narrate my departure from here mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow evening after work. I'll set up a little tripod on the dash of the car and 
and talk for heck yeah definitely do it a little while yeah. do do some of that just for fun mm -hmm. see what happens but i it may not release on my channel the vy2hf brent taylor channel until i get back because i'm only going with a chromebook i can't do video production right. on a chromebook i'm not even sure i can move the files off of the memory card with a chromebook but i think i can i'll try mm -hmm. so i've got some things to work on cool yeah, yeah. and then you can i'll link your channel in the description below so if anyone wants to go subscribe to that you can see some some goat videos <laughs> well and the last goat video on my channel had now has 7.7 thousand views really that's that satellite antenna thing damn that's awesome 7.7 thousand i'm good for you and i'm still getting comments people keep finding it and then yeah making a comment or giving it a, a bit of a thumbs up reaction and uh, very happy so i i i think people have I've got a, some subscribers there now too, and I want to give them something. Yeah, so cool. That's, that's right. awesome. Right. Uh, you, you definitely need to make a vlog or a video for your trips then. I will try. Uh, just, yeah, just remember B-roll. You can tell stories without talking, just through establishing shots and images and stuff. So uh, we work on that and you're golden. Good to go. Cause you're, you, cause you've got the other part. Your storytelling verbally is, is top notch. Ooh. A plus quality. So well, thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks guys for listening to this podcast. If you are new here, please hit the subscribe button on this channel. Give this podcast a like hitting the, the thumbs up button below. If you're listening on iTunes or Google play music, thank you very much. Appreciate it. If you could leave us a, a review on there, that would be awesome. Uh, otherwise, hope you guys are having a good day. And uh, the next time you hear from me will probably be from uh, Vegas, especially on this channel. So, and the next time you hear the Have a Yak podcast, if we're back on our schedule, we'll be two weeks from now. And by then we both may be back from our trips and have lots to talk about. Uh, I likely won't be here for that Sunday. However, I'm going to be, uh, with some very interesting people down there who I might do a Have a Yak with down there. Lovely. So the next Have a Yak you might hear, you won't be a part of potentially. Well, that's fine. Which would be a shame. It would be a good nice to have you part of it but yeah. uh anyways yeah so keep an eye out on this channel and uh i'll be doing uh, videos on, on post to post as well mm -hmm. uh from there so uh, both channels are gonna have lots of activity so uh, thank you guys very much for listening or watching hope you guys have a good day and we'll see you in the next one adios